Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, good morning and welcome to Q&A. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning. And so if you have questions from the sermon, I want to encourage you to text them in. You'll see the numbers up on the screen. It's really a great opportunity. And we regularly encourage um, our anyone viewing that likely if you have a thought or a question in your mind, someone else does too. So please do send it in. Um, great uh, application this morning with the boxes of holding on to the filthiness and wickedness. Um well, they're probably better. I'm glad you threw a tennis ball, not a book at him. <laughs> I did think about throwing a book at him, but um, I know some people would, if I threw the Bible at people, some people would think, oh, no, that's the mishandling of the Oh, uh, sure. So, tennis balls work well. Yeah, it worked well. I was a little too nice to him. I threw him lobs, though, and so he was kind of able to balance. <laughs> Almost like a carnival there. game. <laughs> yes. Yes, I had uh, a guy do it on Thursday night. He was not nearly as good at at balancing and holding there. So I'll have to figure out how to do that differently next hour. <laughs> She's not supposed to catch him. Come on. <laughs> They're supposed to fall. <laughs> uh, but a great illustration on I how so. we, yeah. we hold on to things. And that's actually our first question here. Um, why do I keep picking up and putting down the same filthiness and wickedness will I ever overcome? Yeah, that's a... Uh, very real, honest question because um, there are some things, well, I, I think there are, for many of us, there are some things that we immediately see as filthy and, and they're not hard to put aside. We see the destructiveness of it, and so we put it aside. But um, Hebrews talks about the fact that there is a sin that so easily entangles us. And I think that's just another way of saying that there are certain things that we are prone to hang on to. So the question is, why do we hang on to some things, even though we know intellectually, you know, at some, there may be at one point a, uh, oh, I didn't realize I should lay that aside. There is a sometimes an aha moment of, I didn't realize that that was destructive. And I, I need to put it aside. I remember uh, multiple times in youth ministry being frustrated that some sometimes teenage boys would hold on to things that I was, and then I had to realize, no, oh, this is job security. <laughs> so as a youth pastor, they don't know. They don't. Yeah. That's what they need someone to open the scriptures to them. But for uh, people who have either grown up being taught the scriptures or uh, have had many years being taught the scriptures, there's things that we know that the Bible says we should not hold on to, but we struggle to let go. And some of the typical ones, you know, for for many men, lust and pornography mm-hmm. is a thing that they know it's filthy, they know it's wrong, uh, and they put it down, then they pick it up. They put it down, they pick it up. Uh, for others, I think I, uh, we spent so long on forgiveness because one of the things that we often experience in this Q&A is that I know I should forgive, but it's just so hard. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like uh, I'm going to lose if I put it down. Yeah. And I think I think, Tracy, you'll have to decide whether this is true as you listen. But I think the reason we struggle to put it down is because somehow we still find 
a little bit of life in what mm-hmm. we're holding on to. If it was, if it was like shocking us, like if it was like causing a, a electrified, yeah. yes. If we felt and thought, oh, th- this is this is painful, we we would put it down. There is still in some things life. Even though it's death, there's moments of life being found. And so put it mm-hmm. down and then go back and, and pick it up again. So uh, will I ever what was the what was the specific will I ever overcome? Mm-hmm. Yeah, will I ever overcome? <clears throat> Not without a fight. I mean that's that's reality. Mm-hmm. I wish I could say, hey, there's some um, there's this line that I could say to you, and, and you'll never be tempted to put it down again. Uh, never be tempted to pick it up again, excuse me. Uh, that could happen. Sometimes the Lord supernaturally delivers, but most things, the sin that easily entangles us, will be a constant battle. And so we have to go back to, if uh, if you didn't hear a couple weeks ago when we talked about when we're tempted, there's a threefold process in that passage that I would just remind you of. This is a trap. Mm-hmm. So picking it up, it's a trap. I think I'm going to find life, but the trap is it's going to deliver something that it, other than the than it promises. In fact, it's going to deliver the opposite. So I think I'm going to find life, and I might find a moment of life in it, but then it's going to bring death again. This is a trap. Second, if it's not from God, it's not good. If I, if I do believe the text says every good and perfect gift comes from above, uh, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no shifting shadow. He doesn't change. He always does good, and he always gives good. If it's not from the Lord, it's not good. That's a trap. That's not good because that is not – I'm not going to find life in that. It might be, what do we call it, chocolate-covered poison. poison. So it might give me a film of chocolate, but it's going to be poison. And – this is not who I am any longer. This is what I was trying to communicate, that, that I've been set free from the power of sin and the penalty of sin, but we still pick it up. So I need to, this is not consistent with who I am. That will change, hopefully, part of your, <clears throat> your confession. Lord, I was acting in a way, thinking in a way, not consistent with who you've made me to be as a child of God, but that you'll see that temptation when you're tempted to pick it up, to go, that's a trap. It's not from God, and it's not who I am any longer. But we have we have long-standing habits in our life. Uh, we lived off of Greenland Road for 11 years, and so <clears throat> after we moved, and when I went down to Old St. Augustine, it wasn't take a left on Greenland. It was take a left, uh, take a right on Loretto. Uh, there were uh, numerous times where, because of 11 years of habit, <laughs> I went drive home thinking about other stuff and took a left, and I'm driving down Greenland Road, and then it goes, I don't live here any longer. Muscle memory. Yes. And there is... There is flesh memory that must mm-hmm. be overcome with new habits. So um, there's no easy secret sauce. You have what you need for life and godliness. It's a trap. 
it's not good because it's not from God and it's not who I am. So I just continue to fight those battles. And when you pick it up and you taste death, just call yourself what you were. You were a sucker. God, why was I? I was stupid. That's what I said. No, don't be offended. Sometimes we're just stupid. We pick up stuff that we know is going to bring us death. So when we do, Lord is gracious. Confess. So long, long answer, but that is, I went through it because uh, it's not because I remember the sermons, because I taught a sermon based on a habit that I've tried to teach myself. Mm. Learn, learn the things that you need to say in the moment of temptation. And I, and I do promise this. This is from Robert Simukokan when I was 19, 20 years old. Uh, if you will pray in the midst of temptation, you will win over the temptation because you cannot be praying and declaring well, declaring what is right and true and asking the Lord for help and sin at the same time. If you give in, it will be because you stopped, stopped declaring what is true. You stopped crying out to the Lord. But if you will pray, you in the midst, you will win as long as you pray. And I'm glad you went back to um, that sermon on temptation because it's that step-by-step process. And thinking through, um, as you were sharing that, thinking for me personally, you know, oh, I've been quick to anger in these situations. And then thinking through that process where it's almost by a second-by-second put-off, put-on, like taking those thoughts captive. Right. Second by second, but it's not just okay. At eight a.m., I've prayed right. through this and I'm fine. No, I'm wanting to hold on to this anger right now because I feel like I have power or yeah. I feel like I have control over something. But then by the end of the day, you can look back and see your war path of destruction mm-hmm. from it. So then it's like, all right, and then maybe next time you're over, you know, you've moved past it by noon and then by eleven or you know whatever. <laughs> right. But it's a, right. it is a process. Right. And see there again, why do we hold on to our anger? Because if I feel like if I relinquish it, I'm losing a little bit of mm-hmm. what I'm finding my life in. We're literally yeah. finding, uh, I feel justified yes. in holding on to it for a certain amount of time. So it's it's the broken cisterns that Jeremiah talks about that we seek to find life in things mm-hmm. that are broken. And so to acknowledge that's a broken system, that's a trap that will not satisfy. I'm not finding life in it, um, but I tell myself I am. Yeah, and it's very easy just to, it's so easy to come back. I can mm-hmm. I- identify with that of just wanting to pull something back and keep holding on to it, but, you, but yet you have to put it to death. Like <laughs> that, that temptation, that desire and pray through, like you said, I love that McQuilkin quote about praying mm-hmm. through um, in those moments of temptation. And another thought, Tracy, is um, sometimes <clears throat> sometimes we respond to different things. I had one son who responded very quickly to negative consequences. Another son who was not motivated as much by negative consequences as he was by positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And so um, here would be maybe verse 25 of what we looked at today would be more motivating to you. Not that it's a trap, that it's going to give poison, even though it looks like it's covered in chocolate. Maybe what you need to, would be most powerful for you is to remember 
this is the law of liberty. This is the perfect law. And the effectual doer has the blessing of God. That mm-hmm. may be what motivates you. I don't want to pick that up because uh, I love the blessing of God, and I see that effectual doing brings blessing versus I see that forgetful hearing brings death. Both are true, but sometimes we're more motivated by the death and others more motivated by the life. So... Um, can't answer that for you. I know uh, where I would tend to lean, and it was actually helpful little aside here in parenting to figure out which was most motivating to your kids. Mm. Was it death or life? Interesting. <clears throat> and speak their language. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You got two kids now. You're thinking, what, is, what motivates them? <laughs> death or life? <laughs> I have to ponder on this one today. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting one. I have to think through that. Um, you know, you talked about the the blessings from the Lord. Um, I've heard so many blessing, the term blessing used yeah. in so many different ways. What is the biblical definition of a blessing? Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you asking because uh, the blessing of the Lord can be perverted. It's been perverted by what is generally titled the prosperity gospel mm-hmm. and blessing being health and wealth that if I do what the Bible says, I'll never get sick. If I do what the Bible says, I'll have a ton of money. Well, the problem with that is Jesus did exactly what the Father said, and he was not healthy. Uh, he went to the cross, and he did exactly what the Father said, and he never was wealthy. He was actually always poor. So the blessing of God is not health and wealth. The blessing of God is the freedom and the joy to live as we were intended to live. God has made us to live in relationship with Him. God has made us to be instruments, co-laborers with Him in His field. And so we tend to think, oh no, blessing is wealth. Well, wealth is, is a fake blessing because it has the capacity to just fly away. And even if it stays, it can never satisfy. Mm -hmm. And health, regardless if you have it now, at some point it's going to fly away, no matter how obedient you are to the Lord. So that is not... That is not fundamentally the blessing of God. Those are act, they can be blessings, sure. but I don't want to fall in love with those things because they were never meant to satisfy. I was meant to find life and fulfillment in relationship with God and being an instrument through which God does his works. The greatest wealth that we could ever have is the wealth of seeing God at work in us and through us and seeing other people's lives changed through that. That's that's wealth uh, that will never fade away because when a person is changed by the Lord, they are sealed by the Lord and because they're sealed by the Lord... There'll be eternal treasure there. So that's why the scripture says we lay up treasure in in heaven according to giving ourselves to things that will never pass away. So I hope that's clear. The blessing of the Lord is the freedom to live as I ought, the freedom to live as I've been made to live, not as I would want to live according to my own fleshly desires. Right, because so many times you hear blessing associated with circumstance, yes. but you can be blessed in a difficult circumstance because yeah. the Lord's growing you in that opportunity. Yeah, 
what's the well-known passage the Apostle Paul says, uh, I asked the Lord for the hard circumstance to be taken away, his thorn in the flesh. The Lord said mm-hmm. no, and actually said, I've actually learned to exalt, to find joy, to find my greatest joy mm-hmm. in my difficulty because I'm experiencing God most fully, most deeply in that hardship. Mm-hmm. And, and see, that's what I'm saying. We find the blessing, we find our greatest joy in living in who we were made to be as children of God in right relationship with Him. It's such a, and it truly is a blessing, a joy yeah. um, to be able to experience the Lord in that personal way in those circumstances, regardless mm-hmm. of whether they're joyful or difficult or whatever they may be. Yeah. It's a gift. Um, well, anything you would want to wrap up with here as we finish up this morning? I don't want to repeat the sermon. I think it was simple enough, clear enough, lay aside mm-hmm. and be a doer, not a forgetful hearer. I would only um, I would only want to Reemphasize. I read Romans 5.10 very quickly. Have been reconciled by his death. How much more shall we be saved by his life? For so long, my understanding of the gospel was purely a, I was headed to hell, now I'm headed to heaven. There was zero understanding of how the gospel united me with Christ so that I could walk in newness of life. It was not just do the best I can until I get to heaven. And so if here, here's what I want the listener of this Q&A to ask themselves. Have you, not perfectly or constantly, but have you tasted and begun to experience of the abundant life of walking in newness of life, of living life as God intended you to live it, not just struggling through. You have not only been justified by his death, you have been saved by his life. In other words, the indwelling life of Jesus, the word imparted to you is what it said in our text that I wasn't sure I had enough time to unpack. The word imparted to you is Jesus imparted to you, the life of Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit living in you so that you can become an instrument of God. I just find so many believers who have not experienced learning to live a spirit-empowered mm. life and therefore missing so much of what the gospel intends, headed for heaven, but not living a spirit-empowered life. So if that's your experience, I cannot give you a manual or a formula. (laughs) I can encourage you this. Ask the Lord. We sang it this morning. Lord, teach me to abide in you. Teach me to live according to your life within me. Open my eyes to see that, that I might not just be set free from the penalty of sin, but I might learn to live free from the power of sin in my life so I can walk in fullness of life. So if that's not been your experience, ask the Lord to open your eyes to that, because that's what he died and rose again for. Absolutely. Eternal life and abundant life. Yes.
Uh, that song still keeps sticking with me. He's he's sweeter than gold, mm-hmm. or better than gold, and sweeter and than honey. honey. Um, just a great, mm-hmm. a great truth to remember. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're so glad that you were here for Q and A, and hope you have a fantastic afternoon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.